I felt like financially, I was looking at the bank account and I was like, oh, I, I don't like that. It's the first time I'm seeing like a decreasing in my, in my, uh, in my cash in the accounts. So I was like, I don't like that. So I just think that at this particular moment, I had to find a solution. I used to, okay, let's do another package. Let's uh, get another employee. Let, let's, let's find solution. But at this moment, the solution was for me to quit. Mm. And it's, it's kind of strange. It's the first time in my life that it's happening. Like the entrepreneur needs to quit his own company. For me, it feels it felt strange. It, it still is. All right, today's uh, episode is sponsored by Mindblow. Mindblow, if ever you want to get your mind blown, this is the drink. I have my friend Sam Baudry here uh, at the Mount Stephen Broker's Desk. Uh, another episode, we're going to talk about real stuff, trying to be a little bit deeper, not surface level. Yeah. Um, Sam, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You're a friend, you're a client of yeah. the mentorship program, you're an entrepreneur. You're a father, you're a husband, you're yeah, a pretty much. partner. Not husband, yeah. Not husband, not yet. We're going to put yet. that on the yeah. things to accomplish. <laughs> um, and you're somebody who's always looking to do better. Yeah. That started a long time ago. Something happened to you. Let's start with that. Let's start with the beginning. Okay. You want to talk about when I was young or like you want to go start already? Do you know what I'm talking about, man? Okay. Okay, go. So I've been born in a family with a mother who works in prison. She's a prison guard. And my father was in the foyer de Europe, so for kids with, with mm -hmm. problems. And so I always have like a, a tendency of, of wanting to be more and more in-house. So I, I needed to be competitive in sports. Uh, at school, I needed to have good grades. So my goal personally was to find who I was really, really young because my mother wanted me to be, like I said, always more in terms of grade and everything. So uh, when I stopped college after the first year, when I dropped out of college, um, everything was like out of my world. Like my, my mom was so, she wasn't proud. I wasn't proud of myself at, at the same time. So for the first time in my life, I was like, who am I, what I want to do, mm. uh, where I want to go. So uh, that's when I started to do maybe some bad decision. Uh, I had some bad relationship with people. I wanted to be part of a group of people I, I, I thought was great people for me, but they wasn't. So I ended up in prison when I was uh, 22 years old. That's a big part of what we are talking on a usual basis uh, when I'm coming to meetings with you. It's because it's a big part of my life. Like prison is something that really taught me a lot. Like I do think that I needed prison to be maybe the person that I, I am today. But um, once I've been in prison, I decided that I just want to be a greater person just as an entrepreneur, as, as Samuel, just as today as a father. So my goal has always been to be a better person and the prison just give me maybe the, <laughs> the tools to today want it to be yeah, greater and greater. There's a, well, first of all, thank you for sharing you. that and thank you for being upfront. There's a gentleman that I follow online, Mr. Wes Watson, who talks about how his 10 years uh, transformed him, made him who he is today. Um, I haven't had the chance to work with him. <laughs> Truly inspiring. Yeah cuts the bullshit. Um, and I think that you bring some of that energy in which you say, okay, well, this is a part of me, but it does not define exactly. who I am. Yeah. You started in the fitness industry. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about that. 
So I started to work out when I dropped out of college. I was maybe around 17 years old, 18. I quit uh, my parents' home at 17. Okay. So I was in a small apartment, not any money. Uh, it was hard for me to do, I had two jobs at the time. No, of course, no, no studies. I was in, at college, at college, sorry. So um, I started working out because I wanted to be, to feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. So when I dropped out of college, I didn't have any passion outside of the gym. So the only thing I thought at this moment was like, maybe I can do a career mm -hmm. as a fitness trainer. So I started doing some small courses. Uh, you call that private courses. So I, I didn't went to a university or anything. So I just got a couple of like, let's say degree certification. And I start working out a little bit more. I did some competition in bodybuilding and then I started having some more clients. So in 2000, let's say 15, I started Project Physique, which was my company for, for fitness. I opened a gym, let's say four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, I had the prison story also. So it was like a transition of like trying to be an entrepreneur, but at the same time having bad relationship with, with people. Like I said, I was trying to be in a group of people who were older than me, what I thought was like, so, uh, I, I, Wiser, How can I say that? Yeah. Wiser, richer, better with women, uh, in a better shape. So I was like, okay, I need to work out more. Okay, I need to work more. Okay. In other words, the same reason why you hang out with me. Exactly. Okay. But for the, for the, the great decision today. So, um, so this been my life for the maybe the last eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. I've been in the fitness industry. I really love my time as a as a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. uh, it learned me a lot of things. Sure. But as we are, as today, I uh, uh, just started to maybe lose a little bit of the passion because... Did you feel boxed into an identity that was limiting who you actually feel that you are or that what you can be? Maybe. Maybe it's because it's like, it's a... Um, it's the kind of career where there's a lot of ego. It's always about the shape, about how you look, about other people look, mm. about how you compare to others. So I can guarantee you that there's a lot of industries like real estate, yeah. which is very, very similar. Yeah. Not so actually, not in how you look physically, because there's a whole bunch of guys <laughs> that can benefit from that, including myself yeah. at certain times, uh, but definitely what the trophies look like, what the cars look like, yeah. and so very little depth on that. Uh, but please carry on. Yeah, so... At, when I was younger, like I said, I was pretty, it was easy to be impressionné by other people sure. all the time. So I was just like looking at older people. Like I said, the group I was, uh, I was with, they were richer, they, was, they were bigger, they were more in shape. It's always the kind of career where you are comparing yourself with other people. As mm -hmm. well. Also, I was in the, like it was the time where social media really started. So your business in the fitness in industry was like always Instagram, Facebook. So you needed to post pictures about your physique, about your abs, about all, all, all these things. So after a couple of years, I started to feel maybe a little bit less comfortable in that industry because it was always, I needed to be in shape. I needed like, I was with my, let's say wife, now with the two kids. So it's, it's harder for me now to be always in shape, to always take the good decision to get in shape. So I was like, maybe this is not the right career for me. Maybe... At the same time, I started other businesses where I think my passion just went through to, to, mm -hmm. to other areas. So I was like, maybe this is not the type of people that I want to be. Like maybe, yeah. yes, of course, I want to stay in shape. I want to be healthy. That's, that's the word. I'm more in a, a balanced lifestyle right sure. now. But the fitness industry can be a really nice industry, but mm -hmm. can also be really, I think... Um, to the detriment of the person's actual health because there yeah. are 
many extremes. Exactly. Like in anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, part of this is to provide value for the people who listen. You know, we talk about our story as a baseline to give people an indication of where we started, where we're going. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the decisions that you're making, some of the struggles, some of the some of the goals that we're setting and what we're going to do to attain this. Um, starting with now that you've realized and decided and evolved from a position that is only defined or, or mainly defined by the fitness industry. There is a transition between letting go of something yeah. um, and moving on. How heavy has the cost been of holding something that you're no longer you know, aligned with? Yeah, we start talking about that like the first time we met, it was my gym because when you start a company, in, in my opinion, like you really want it to work. So when you have a company like mine, like Project Physique, who has been my company for the past eight, nine years, you feel very attached to that. I'm still young also. I think that's that, that maybe part of maybe immaturity or something like that. Like I do really get attached easily to things and my company was one of these things. So I was like, even if I maybe lost my passion two, three years ago, where I, I just delegate all my tasks to, mm -hmm. to employees. So I, I wasn't doing a lot of things for my company. So no. even for the profit, it wasn't even that interesting. I so I was like just keeping that because it was my company. And it was feeling nice to say, hey, I, I have, have a company. I have three companies. Yeah, it, yeah. it was always feeling like uh, it was nice to say, I have a gym. Well, okay. So one of the things I have to tell you, you're yeah. how old are you? 30? 29. Tw fuck. Yeah. I, good. Thanks. Um, <laughs> young guy, young guy. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things is this, uh, I find it amazing to have so many young guys and girls like you investing so much in trying to find the right path. The self-reflection, the analysis, the mentoring that you're, that you're even you know, providing for yourself. Um, I, I wasn't doing that at 30. I, I know a lot of people at 30, you know, 20 years ago or yep. 15 years ago doing that. So, you know, a decade goes by so, so fast. The fact that you're mapping your path, that we're talking about a 10-year vision, yeah. um, the compound effect of all these right decisions are going to pay off so, so well. And I think at the end of the day, you know, you have to trust the process. We talk about that with uh, Mactal. Um, you know, you have to keep moving forward. But I think it's important to give yourself a little bit of credit for just the fact that you're thinking about yeah. it, which is, you know, way ahead of the game. Um you're in the process now of removing that. What has replaced your passion for the fitness industry? I would say it's MindBlow. So it's my company right there, The Engineering. Thank you very much. What's special about MindBlow other than its fantastic taste? It's <laughs> low calorie. You're perfect. And, uh, I, I need you for my ads now. Okay. Uh, there's new tropics inside. So when maybe... Hold on, hold on. There's what? New tropics. For people who don't know new tropics, let's... Uh, so let, let's say it's they are a natural ingredient. They can mm -hmm. be synthetic, but in our drink, it's only natural. Yes. Uh, to help you with your cognitive function. So all about focus, energy, clarity, mood, uh, memory. So it's different than just caffeine, which can be a stimulant. It's mm -hmm. other ingredient that when you put that inside and in a, a synergy, you get more effect. So you can have energy, and like I said, all the other benefits for like four to six hours. Whereas a nootropic will... If what? Be longer, the, the nootropics. Exactly. So when you get the nootropics with the caffeine, you're getting the effects for like four for to six hours. Time. So it's way more interesting than other drinks the, in the market. The first time I actually heard about nootropics was on the uh, Andrew Huberman podcast. Uh, I don't know that it's something that's necessarily widespread or, or, or widely known. Um, 
Are there other drinks on the market right now that have nootropics? There's only one other in Canada. Okay. So when we started this past January, we were the only one. Okay. Uh, in the United States, it's a little bit more known. Okay. Let's say common, yeah. Um, so when I started this company two years ago with just a supplement, I was using product from United States. And when I searched online for a product in Canada just to save on shipping costs or whatever, mm -hmm. there was no other product of that quality that the, the one I was using. So I decided to start with a partner to do the formula with a scientist and do the supplement. And when people uh, reached out to us last year to create the energy drink, I was like, let's go. We're going to revolutionize the industry. The industry, yes. Now we are in 2023. It's, it's, it's a big industry. It's art. We have a lot of competition. It's all the game of distribution and things. So it's really, it's a big company with lots of mistakes on every single step we are taking, but it's really, really interesting. That's why I think I just found back my passion about, about business because well, this is so, so yeah. huge. I mean, in terms of potential and look, every revolution begins with a conversation. Yeah. So no worries there. Um, I, I want to touch on that because it speaks to me a little bit in my path where I'm transitioning from, you know, being in the real estate business as a, as a broker agent, um, which sort of was my identity for the last almost 20 years. Yeah. And to say, you know, for me to jump into something completely, not completely different, but let go of something that's an identity to do something that fuels my passion. Yeah. Um, we share a little bit in that path where the faster something is, is behind and it's clean, the more time and yeah. more energy you spend. And to try to sustain both, I think that there needs to be a moment where, yeah, there may be a sacrifice, but in the long run, it's not a sacrifice. Yeah. It's like the time that I'm spending on this, and you've mentioned it, the, the, you know, just operating the gym, just paying the rent for the gym yeah. is time that you're not spending on mind blow. But the uh, potential of this, this is scalable. This is a legacy. Yeah. This is something that, whereas, and, and no harm in, in being a gym owner, um, there are many. No harm in being a great real estate broker. There are many. Yeah. And I think both you and I find our passion in, uh, doing something that's a little bit bigger than us. Yeah, I just, just think that sometime we're getting, like I said, attached to things and it's holding us back from yeah. like, yeah, it was hard for me to, to just think about maybe selling, selling. the company and yeah. everything. And since the prison, I had a really hard time with, with let's say, influence. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I always wanted to go on my own path. So sure. I was not asking anyone anything. It was just, yes. I want to do my thing. No mentor, no coach, no courses. It was like, I want to do everything by myself. So I lost so many years yes. of my life just doing that so that's why i reached out to you this year it was like i think i'm almost 30 i got my two kids everything is going well business mm. is going well it was like time for me just to maybe be more accountable maybe just have great conversation also but just mm. having someone else feedback or sometimes clarity direction i do think like i'm ready for that right now mm -hmm. and just since we started speaking together about the sale of the gym I do feel more comfortable in, just in my own skin. Well, it's amazing. We have great conversations. I get as much from our conversations because I, I believe it has to be a two-way street. Um, I think it was Marcus Aurelius that said that the uh, teacher will show himself when the student is ready. And in this case, um, yeah, but again, you know, and another thing that my father tells me is it's never too late to do the right thing. Yep. In fact, I believe that you're way ahead of the game because at 30, that's when you think you know everything. In fact, men tend to have a, a longer, you know, uh, learning curve and, and maturity curve where, you know, at 35, I thought I knew everything. At 40, I knew everything. And <laughs> every five years, I look back and I'm 
fuck. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the good news is that we keep getting better. Yeah. Whereas, you know. Okay. So um, touching on that, um, what are some of the things that you want to accomplish for yourself, let's say, in the next five to ten years that other than, okay, I want to have the biggest, you know, uh, like a nootropics company in the world. What are some of the things that, um, that really speak to you, to your passion, to, to what's important to you fundamentally? The first step with you was talking more about about Sam. Like I'm the guy who always talk about companies and marketing and things. And even on my own social, it was always content based on. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I started TikTok last year, I really found out a new uh, something I lost during my years of like uh, maybe even before college when I was doing uh, theater. Is that the word? Yeah, theater. theater? Sure. So. I lost the passion of doing just regular content, funny content, or just Sam content, Sam content inst- yes. outside of business. Which is nice because you don't have to sell anything. You don't yeah. have to invent anything. You just have to be yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I do use it, of course, to plug mind or other companies. But sure. I do feel more like I have fun doing the content. So that was one thing for me. And that's still the thing I want to do for maybe the next five years is finding more balance, but in my own life also. Mm-hmm. Like I have my two kids. The first transition I did when I had my kids was to reschedule my schedule to be able sure. to do wake up early, work, but then having always times for my kid. I didn't want to be the father to be out for nine to five and no. then it's dinner and now you go to bedtime. And that's exactly. Yeah. I didn't want that. So my goal was to have a great schedule as a dad, as an entrepreneur, to be able to do as much thing as possible. And I just accepted that it's now different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So in the next five to 10 years, my goal is to keep it and work on that balance to be able to have as much time as possible with my kids while also creating a future for them. Like I do think that I found the, the why in my mm. businesses. I used to only do that for, let's say, not only for money, I was really passionate about my business, but now I have the passion of driving my business so my kid got a great future and the kids are my kids. So this is a great drive that I have right now for them and for their kids. And it's also the reason why uh, I want to stop working. That's another thing. I used to work 24-7. Now I do, and we talk about that uh, quite often, having more time with my wife, more free time only with my wife. That's mm-hmm. the other thing we are working on. So my goal for the next five or 10 years, yes, are based on companies to to scale them, but also to work on my on myself, on my relationship, on my... On, yeah. your, on your balance. Yeah. Um, a theme that comes up often is people seeking balance. We like to, you know, put the little disclaimer that balance sometimes is very, not, I won't say unrealistic, but it's very difficult to attain. And sometimes it sets um, expectations from other people and from yourself as importantly as the harmony and to understand that there are some days where yeah. you may need to work 18 hours in that day. Um, there's some days where you need to leave with your wife for two days. Uh, there's some days where you need to leave with yourself. So it's not always everything in equal measure, but a harmony in what the end goal is. And this is another thing that we've talked about to be aligned with the person that you're with. Um, you had Florence, your wife on the podcast, on your podcast recently. And how was that? And what did you talk about? So my wife got the, I'm going to say it in French, Mm -hmm. Tourette syndrome. Tourette, yeah, yeah, that's the right word. So um, she got a, let's say, a small syndrome. So it's not something like people always think it's the one like the they, extreme where they're swearing. She's got a screen swearing yeah. and yeah. like American pie style. So my goal was to, of course, 
put her in a position where she can talk about that because she never talked about that in the past. Mm -hmm. When she was younger, she was hiding that part of herself and that at home it was just exploding. Sure. So my podcast is to learn about uh, contro controversy, about my story in prison. So I do have guests who have like kind of crazy or extraordinary stories. And I feel like my wife got one and we have the synergy to get, we have a really great synergy as a couple, but there's a story of her syndrome, but the way I'm living with it. Mm -hmm. And also she got the way, like when I was in prison, I was with my wife. Yeah. So that was something I wanted to talk about in the podcast to be like, what was her position when she was home without her, her husband for a couple of months? So I think it's my favorite episode so far because it's really genuine. It's, it's, it's honest. It's funny. It's sad. It's, it's just a great storytelling of our relationship in a, in a one, one hour episode. So it was really fun. Uh, something that you're going to look back on, something that your kids are going to look back on. So good for you. Thanks. And um, is your wife involved in your day-to-day -day business? No. So my wife is a hairdresser. Okay. So we opened for her uh, a salon two or three years ago. We bought a triplex in uh, St. Therese and we mm -hmm. just uh, started a, a salon for her. So my wife is not really the entrepreneur type. Uh, she prefers just to have like all her chair rented and she got her own chair. Mm -hmm. So, and- Well, which in, in itself is a bit of an entrepreneurial kind spirit. Of, She's like not working nine to five for somebody else. So- Yeah, yeah totally. So, so And that's, that, that was the reason behind like, we wanted to have more control in our life mm -hmm. with the kids also to be like, in January, we're gonna go on vacation. Yeah. We didn't want to say, hey, when is your time that you can go on vacation or what? Like we are really in control of our schedule right now. So mm -hmm. that's awesome for the family. Like I said, she doesn't really want to have to manage people. Like she want to manage her own things and I, it's perfect. And we talked about that also that I just decided to maybe cut a little bit the line of like, she wants to do her thing, that's perfect. I don't want to push her in a direction of trying to be an entrepreneur. Uh, she doesn't want to be more implied in, in, in my also. Like we have our own business or let's say work, but then we have a great passion of being a family. Like she's mm -hmm. a really, awesome mother. We have great passion together for like gym and hiking and things. So we do find our, ourselves in our relationship outside of business, even if work is a big part of our daily, mm. of course, schedule. We just decided to maybe split a little bit more. We do talk a little bit about our job, but less, like I don't want to give her all the specifics about my day. It's more like I add this and that today. Let's now talk about family and, and what we can do as a family today. That's awesome. And it's definitely something to work on, to be aligned with. Yeah. Um, even if you're not in the same business, to feel that your partner truly supports your vision and you for her as well, and that you're creating a life. Because at the end, not only is it important for you, is it going to affect your business directly, but you will teach yeah. this skill to your kids, not by what you tell them, but by what you do. At one point in my life, when I separated, um, I didn't leave my wife for another woman or anything like that. Um, we were not aligned. And I felt that we had come far enough in the stability that we provided yeah. for raising really good kids. But I also wanted to show my kids a different version of a relationship. And, you know, that was one of the hardest decisions that I made because, fuck, you know, you're jumping into the unknown. You're not leaving for something else. Um, but I, I knew that no matter how much I would tell my kids, you know, you need this or you expect that or be loving like this, yeah, it's never going to sink in the way they see me now, say, for instance, in my relationship where there's, there's an alignment, there's a flow. So, 
um, nothing wrong with the other person. It's just an alignment. Yeah, it's just a, a specific, like it's an important part of our life right now because our kids are three and one. Yeah. So it's the part where we are not sleeping that much. No. There's always conflict or just the focus is on the yeah. kids. Get help. So, Get help. Yeah, that we are it, starting to do that. Yes. Like, well, it, it, you know, yeah. if I can go back when I was 30, having, because I had my first kid at 30, and it was that, the sleepless nights. Because then also you're running on fumes and everything <laughs> yeah. is worse, and like, ah, oh, your sock is oh, on the yeah. floor. Get help as much as you can, whether it's from family, friends, this and that, and, and pay yourself first in terms of, yeah. you know, we've talked about this often. Put the mask, the oxygen mask on yourself yeah. if you want to help anybody else. And it's something that we work on continually. Um, I want to slow down the pace two minutes and I want you to think back. Is there a moment in the last little while where you felt that maybe all of this was too much and you just wanted to fucking throw it all away? Of course. The, um, the summer was really hard regarding the gym. This summer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like the first summer since COVID where people are starting back to feel like party and no gym. So, when it was COVID, people wanted to work out because they, 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 they wasn't allowed to do it. So people mm. wanted to work out. Now it was the first real summer that I feel like it was back to normal. Like summer, people don't want to go to the gym. They don't want to pay for like private uh, coach and things like that. So uh, financially, we, we really felt like it was hard months, like from June to August. So uh, it was a time when I was like, does it really worth it? Yes, the gym, but even the rest, because I'm not used to deal with a lot of, of conflicts. I'm more like a solopreneur most of the time. Like I, I manage my own thing. Uh, the gym was the first time I had like eight or 10 employees. So it was, of course, coming with, with conflicts, with, with problem with employee, with payroll, with accounting, with, with whatever. So um, it was the first time this summer, so only a couple of months ago, where I, I felt like, do I just want to go on a regular job and just don't, fucking work with all, all the time uh managing my own things needed people to just hey this doesn't work we don't have a uh, paper rolls anymore uh, like it, it was always I, 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 it was feeling too much mm. at the same time we were losing money and it was the first time that i lost money in the maybe last five or six years so i was like does it really worth it mm -hmm. and that's when we started working together of like maybe the not maybe the gym I knew needed to, to, let's say exit my life. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it was I wasn't the right person to continue owning and managing the gym. So I was like I was the problem for my own company, and the company was like one thing holding me back from working on other things that would really passionate me at, at this time. So so yeah, I don't think it's really often. But this summer, I felt it. How do you ground yourself in conflict or in, or in trials and tribulation? How do you keep moving forward? The prison really helped me managing anxiety. Like I felt the more anxious I never felt in my life during that mm -hmm. period. Like really, really anxious. So I don't really feel that much stress when it's coming in. Like my body is going to tell me there's stress, but my head is so I'm like... You said that cold head, like yeah, I'm, you're level-headed. You're yeah. yeah, you're detached from. So this summer, I had a little bit more stress. I, I felt it. I felt like financially, I was looking at the bank account. And I was like, oh, I, I don't like that. It's the first time I'm seeing like a decreasing in my, in my, uh, in my cash in the accounts. I was like, I don't like that. So 
I just think that at this particular moment, I had to find a solution. I used to, okay, let's do another package. Let's uh, get another employee. Let's, let's find solution. But at this moment, the solution was for me to quit. Mm. And it's, it's kind of strange. It's the first time in my life that it's happening. Like the entrepreneur needs to quit his own company. For me, it feels, it felt strange. It, it still is. It still is. Yeah. Sometimes you need to give up to go up. Yeah. And that's a concept that's very, very hard. There is a part of ego. There's a part of what are people going to say? There's a part of fuck. I don't want to say I've put so much into this. Yeah. But when you do the math and you see what's on the other side, the decision not only becomes easy, it becomes unavoidable. It becomes non-negotiable, which one of the things that I've, you know, that I'm trying to prompt you is to get to instill certain habits, you know, habit stackings, things that we can sustain. One of them is reading. Yeah. Simply <laughs> because it allows for a different way to collect the information. It also allows for a way to detach yourself from other things. Um, so, you know, we spoke about your, your, your briefly, your past in prison and how it shaped you. Um, there's that guy, Wes Watson, who talks about his journey in prison, how it shaped him. In fact, I had reached out to him, maybe not at the best time, and he called me out of my bullshit so fucking hard. In fact, he's like, yeah, no, dude, I'm not working with you. But that was the best coaching that I had received from anybody. Um, because most people will, 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 how can I put it? They will accommodate you in your own bullshit. Yeah. So that being said, I figured, you know what? I have maybe something that's going to speak to you a little bit more than the other book that I suggested. It's this here. Okay. Non-negotiable by Wes Watson. Oh. <laughs> so you got to figure out that there's more than education. There's application, but you have that already. Um, I think it'll be something that will speak to you because of his past, because of what he's been able to do. It's an easy read yeah, and one. you just, you know, you work the muscle. So Why not? that for you, you is a uh, little gift. <laughs> and uh, listen, I, I always like to have this conversation with, um, you know, with all the guests. There's things that are important. There's things that we consider success, financial success, uh, attaining certain things. Um, but you seem to me as somebody who's very level-headed and very, I would say, in tune with what happiness means. And so just tell me again, what is happiness for you? What, for is, me, what is success for you? Right now, it's all about family for me. So of course, I'm, I'm someone driven by, let's say money, but of course, like financially success businesses. So I, I want to work on my business, but I think I, I really... I'm now able to leverage all of that being mm -hmm. like, I don't only want to do that for money, for me, for my own, like I want more car. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a really simple guy at the end, but the f when I got my kids, it really felt like I had clarity on why I was doing all of that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, maybe at first I was working that much because I didn't know. No. Like I, I always was someone uh, really... How do you say that really too much on something um, extremist? Yeah, sure. An extremist. So yeah. in gym, in, in drugs, when I was younger, uh, in, as, a, as a businessman, I was working, like I said, 24-7. It, it was too much. Now I do feel more in a balanced lifestyle mm -hmm. where, of course, there's no balance necessarily. But I'm in a part of my life when I'm able to say that I'm working to provide for my family. Of course, I want to provide more than just material no of course and not just average i want a little bit more i want to have like yes and i want the hours there's nothing the wrong with that and i love the fact that you don't come from necessarily a wealthy background 
Um, but you don't have any limitations or any reservations to say, hey, yeah, I want to make money. And you don't have a, you know, I would say an unhealthy relationship where sometimes um, people who don't necessarily come from a fortunate background might be surrounded also with people who view success and financial success as something that's, that's forbidden, that's verboten. Whereas for you, I think you embrace it. However, you're not always surrounded with that, right? Yep. So how do you do it to overcome the naysayers? How do you do it to overcome the people who tell you, well, you know, maybe you should dream a little bit smaller? Like I said, I had so many big dreams, but let's say negative dreams when I was with the, the kind of people I was when mm -hmm. I was younger of like, yes, I want the big car, the big muscle, the, the, the woman, all of that, the, the lifestyle of always being in, in parties, even if I'm 35 years old. Like mm. when I got the prison sentence, I felt like, okay, now you just found yourself. Yeah. You're not that kind of people. It's, you're, you're not that kind of people. Yeah. So like, these days when people are trying to shape me into something like I'm already, like, like you said, I'm grounded on what I want in life right now. So even if someone is like, I don't think it's worth it, or maybe you should not do that. Or yes, I do have the kind of mentality where sometimes I need the, the slap. I need to do, I need to have the consequence to understand in life. It, it brings me in some bad path, but also on another, uh, let's say it's also helping me staying on my line and just being mm -hmm. able to like okay that's your opinion I, I do respect that but i have my own like sure yeah it, it doesn't stop you from hearing and from listening and but to form your own path and exactly. i think a part of the you know that's definitely part of the process you don't know what you don't know you need to put yourself out there your environment is important your podcast is allowing you to shine for who you are yeah and one of the things that we often talk about is creating opportunities where other people don't see them through yeah either opportunities that you're going to create by who you are or by who you know you know somebody once said to me it's not who you know it's who knows you yeah like i know i don't know if i can uh, obama obama doesn't know me yeah let me get to you know so that type of relational social capital the importance of yeah, your, your connections, your relationships. And um, I think that when you go out in the world with clear intentions and alignment and you have something to offer, then it becomes very easy to have this transactional sort of approach in which there's a give and take, um, but it's grounded in, in just good, wholesome relations. I think this is the best thing we are working on right now because I think people know knew me since a long time because of social media like I, I do think i always had a pretty good following let's say it like that but i never had opportunities with people like people would not give things to me and that is the time i would not give things to people also like okay nice you got 100k on, on tiktok on instagram or whatever but you don't feel connected with people you don't have a great network you just have people knowing you yeah so that's what we are working right now just trying to be of values to people and at the same time, yes, of course, sometimes receiving without asking, but that's something that we are building a network together in my podcast. I, I do think that this year it was my main focus to build a good network, to be open to opportunities, to let people come to me, to try to give first and not necessarily wait on receiving something. Not, but not expect it. Expectation exactly. will kill you. Yeah. It's, it's the worst thing. I, I often, I would say, suffered from that, and, I, and I'm going to explain I'm a very generous person and I go fucking all in. I give everything I have and everything I don't. 
And I don't ask for anything in return, but I often found that I expected. Because I do this, I kind of expect you to be a certain way or do something with it. Until I started, I was actually listening to Deepak Chopra. And, uh, you know, the philosophy that you just need to let go, you give. The gift is in giving, but then it doesn't belong to you anymore. And you let go of the outcome. So you don't let go of the input. Um, You don't change your way but you don't expect anything in return. And gratitude, you know, when somebody shows you gratitude, it it means everything, but even that you can't expect. So um, that's something that we work a lot on, you and I. It's it's a good practice for business. It's a good practice for life uh, to have gratitude. And today I want to say thank you because you're part of my journey in becoming the person that I want to become. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, man. Okay, guys, that's a wrap. Mind blow. We're going to put a link to that. Nootropics, it's awesome. It tastes great. feels good. (laughs) And uh, stay tuned for more. Um, Your podcast is called... Oh, hold on. I think there's something that's important to mention. First of all, the awesome work of Sun Media... Suna Film, guys. Suna Film. That you can edit. I think it's important to mention, you know, the awesome work of Suna Film. You guys have been awesome. Um, I think it's important to mention your podcast, qui est le podcast ordinaire. And most of all, that, you know, our interactions are mostly in French. I said, hey, are you ready to step outside of your comfort zone and do it in English? And you're like, fuck yeah. So, bravo. Thank parce you. Parce que ça prend quand même... Uh, c'est ça, c'est pas tout le monde qui est capable de le faire. J'ai essayé. I hope it was great. C'est fantastique. De toute façon, on a coupé ta voix, on a mis des sous-titres. So, thank you for that. Thank and you so I think much. it's uh, it's, uh, it's a testament to your character. Thank you. All right, guys. Stay tuned for some more episodes at the Mount Stephen Hotel from the broker's desk for now with Sebastian Sperano and Sam Boudry. Thanks, Sam.